The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. Should we build the wall? Ooh, I don't think so. I don't believe in it. Why would you say you, you don't believe in it? Uh, because um, I just don't think it's fair. It's time to talk money. What other suggestions would you have to assist Border Patrol from you know preventing any drugs, guns, people, smuggling people across the border? I think it it's all comes down to attitude. It's the Financial Guys radio program with local financial experts Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. So if you are crossing it illegally, how do we get them to kind of do their fair share of paying taxes once they get a, one of those, fill one of those jobs or anything like that? Actually, I, I'm not concerned about necessarily paying taxes. Build that wall! Build that wall! Build that wall! Now, live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All right, welcome back. We've got the financial guys, Glenn Wiggle, Mike Lomas, AJ Witkowski in studio with us today here on News Radio 930, WBEN, and on WFTL uh, News Talk 850 down in Florida as well. For those of you just turning into the show for the first time, this is a live call in talk show, especially for those down in South Florida. We've been doing this for 20 years. Just had our uh, 20th anniversary a couple weeks ago here on News Radio 930, WBEN. And if you want to join the show, you can certainly uh, reach out to us on anything. That has to do with you and your money or anything that we're talking about today. 8030930 is a local number. Star 930, of course, is a free call in the sound. If you're outside the area, whether it be Toronto, Erie, Rochester, Palm Beach, Lauderdale, uh, Naples, you can use the 800 number. That's 1 800 616 9236. 1 800 616 9236. This is the show where money meets politics, and we are going to talk about politics today. We're going to talk a little bit of money. We've got some special guests coming in as well. We've got uh, Dave Mariocker, who's going to be calling in in the uh, second uh, half hour here in the first hour, uh, just to talk about the stock market update on some of the stocks that he's following. And, uh, you know, he touched, uh, touches base with us uh, usually once a week and um, gives us his take on things. So stay tuned for that. We're also going to have some special guests in the second hour. Uh, John Witkowski, who is the uh, president of IBNES, which stands for the Independent Bankers Association of New York State along with Dan Renega, who is the president of Lakeshore Savings Bank. He'll be, uh, our, there will be also, uh, both will be our special guests in the second hour of the program here on uh, the Financial Guys radio program. And we'll be talking some banking, of course, and uh, some of the things that are changing uh, in, the, uh, in the regulatory world and in the banking world, not only throughout the Western New York, but throughout the country as well. Uh, before we jump into uh, all that, I want to, um, you know, some of the things we are going to talk about today, uh, obviously the State of the Union, uh, those that had a chance to watch it. I, I thought it was a good speech. I thought that uh, he really hit all the, the high points. Um, one of the things that he really, I thought, would did the, the best on was just simply flat out calling out the socialist and saying, America will never be socialist. And, you know, unfortunately, we already have several socialist-style policies. You know, when you look at the different um, sectors of our economy, those that we have employed some measure of socialism, like education, 
um, the costs are skyrocketing, right? You have inefficiencies, you have higher costs, you have out of control spending. Uh, healthcare, another one, right? Healthcare is not a free capitalist market anymore. It's certainly with all the mandates and regulations. What's happened to the healthcare sector? Well, that also has uh, cost wise has gone through the roof. It's inefficient. Uh, and the uh, costs are out of control. Well, lo and behold, government has a, a heavy hand in that. You look at sectors of the economy that are not overly regulated, where the government hasn't taken uh, a, a aggressive role uh, in, uh, in managing things, uh, like the Internet. And what you find in the Internet still is you find you know, massive amounts of innovation, you know, creativity, uh, entrepreneurship, you see a, a tremendous amount of job creation. I mean, look at what Amazon's been able to do. Is Amazon, Amazon a retail shop? Of course a retail shop, but they're an Internet-based retail shop, right? Would they be able to do that in a more heavily regulated sector? You know, you look at and you, and you look at the comments and you hear the comments from folks like uh, the CEO of Home Depot who have said, you know, I wouldn't be able to do this today. Like, you know, this would be hard for us to, to develop this. The, uh, the founder of Subway Restaurants, you know, today with the regulatory environment, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And so it's interesting, you know, when you see these new Democrats like Ocasio-Cortez uh, and, and old Democrats like Bernie Sanders, um, but, you know, proposing things like the New Green Deal, embracing, you know, a, a full-fledged socialism, and uh, it just boggles my mind. You know, Ocasio-Cortez uh, really gives, I think, you know, young uh, folks and young millennials especially a really bad name. And so I wanted to have AJ join us because you are a young millennial. You're about the same age as, as uh, Akasha Cortez, more or less, right? Yeah, absolutely. A couple of years younger, but still same generation. But many decades wiser, I can tell you that, just by working with you. I appreciate uh, that. She professes to have a degree in, in economics. I, I find this hard to believe. Um, I do as well. And it's just some of the things that come out are it's hard to believe is, is the right words. It's, you know, when you look at the, the Green New Proposal, and you, and you sent me this, uh, this article where she said, you know, well, that, that wasn't supposed to be released. But, you know, the, the, the Twitter sphere lit up this week and the social media and then the news media in general, which she put out part of her New Green Deal, which said, you know, even those, you know, a, a basic income for those, quote, unwilling to work. And I'm just, it boggles my mind, unwilling to work. Now, she said, well, I wasn't supposed to be the version and, and the, 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 you know, the GOP's out there beating me up on something that really is not part of the proposal. But yet it did leak out. And it was, somebody put it in there originally, right? It wasn't, it wasn't manufactured. It wasn't made up, was it? There's, there's two things with that. One, the unwillingness to work. That, that boggles my mind. I mean, you got people all over the world, especially in the United States, working tirelessly, young uh, entrepreneurs working tirelessly through internet, through work, building up their own retail shops. I don't know how you're unwilling to work and get paid. It just doesn't make any sense. That And then the second part is they didn't mean to send that out. So how efficient is that office if they're going to send out something that has that much? I don't, I don't even know how to say that. It's just, I, it just boggles my mind. But they had something in there initially, right? That wasn't just yeah. made up by... A Republican operative that that no. was oh that wasn't supposed to be in our final version, but yet it was in a previous version, mm -hmm. and so obviously it's something they had talked about. It's something that's on their minds. It's something that they're trying in places like Chicago. And I'm not sure if you had a I don't know, I think I even said this to you, AJ, but um, Chicago now is going to try uh, giving a thousand dollars a month uh, just to see what happens and. Uh, and, you know, in hopes that somehow it will have this, you know, magical effect on encouraging people to actually work. 
I don't know how not working encourages you to work more. I don't I don't know. Isn't Chicago <laughs> in debt? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, obviously the United States is in debt, but Chicago like, defaults on their loans, right? Like they can't Chicago even... is one step away from bankruptcy. Uh, Detroit, of course, was the largest American city in the in the history of the country to declare bankruptcy, and uh, largely from the same policies uh, of you know uh, unfettered liberalism, basically unchecked liberalism. Um, and Chicago is is going down the same path now. So um, some Chicago families could start collecting, according to this article. This is from uh, ABC Seven in Chicago, uh, WLS. Some Chicago families could start collecting a $1,000 check every month with no strings attached. That's a new proposal from a task force created by Mayor Emanuel. Uh, let's see. The idea is to break the cycle of poverty. The pilot program would give $1,000 uh, to struggling, oh, give 1,000 struggling Chicagoans $1,000 a month. Uh, supporters say that people could use the extra cash to cover unexpected emergencies, increase their savings, or improve their health. Yeah, I hope they increase their savings. I'm sure that's what they'll do. How do they pick uh, those thousand people? And th- now you're going to lottery, have, I guess. And now you're going to have a fight for the people wanting to work less instead of them wanting to work more and make more money and get out of that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The money uh, they say will come from a mix of city funds and charity. I thought the city was out of funds. That, that's what I thought too. <laughs> we just talked about that. <laughs> Apparently not the case, but uh, but you know they'll, they'll find it somewhere so they can give out. Uh, you know, it's as much money as they can possibly hand out. There's there's no secret, folks, that what the Democrat Party of today wants, this is not the Democrat Party of Joe Manchin. This is not the Democrat Party of JFK. You know, this is not the Democrat Party of Joe Lieberman, even. This is the Democrat Party today of the radical leftists that are inside of this party. They want to do things like make everybody dependent upon the government handout so that they have ultimate control. Because, of course, a dependent voter is a dependable voter. And there's no doubt that that's what they're trying to accomplish. If that's not what they're actually trying to accomplish, then they're just flat out stupid. And I don't know how else to say it, because you can't look at other countries like Venezuela and talk to the people that are in this country that have fled there and say, yeah, this seems like a good idea. Let's have more government takeover of things. Acacia Cortez is slipping when it comes to the stuff that's coming out of her mouth. And I, I heard somebody recently say, well, we better be careful because she's, you know, she's potentially the next New York senator. I don't think so. I, I think the Democrat Party themselves actually take her out because she's letting things slip that they've always wanted to accomplish, but they certainly don't want to actually let the cat out of the bag and tell anybody that they really do want to accomplish some of that stuff. Exactly. Right? And, and the other thing is they all are against big business, right? But, I mean, if you really break it down and kind of compare it, the government is the biggest business out there. How are all these senators and presidents becoming billionaires? And That's right. the TSA is not getting paid for, you know, three months or three weeks. That's a good point. They're That's the biggest business in the world. So these people at the top that we're putting at the top that say, hey, let's give everyone equality, then you give equality. Bernie Sanders, how do you own four houses? I don't understand. That's right. Exactly. Why aren't you giving some of your money away, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't. And, uh, and of course, you know, it's always somebody else's money that they want to be, you know, free and open with. So I'm going to play some clips when we come back. They're just too priceless not to play. Uh, you know, a couple from, I mean, Akasha Cortez in a 12-hour day flip-flop back and forth. You know, in the morning she says, no, 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 we don't. Or in the evening, I say, no, we don't need, no, I'm not talking about massive government intervention here. You know, we're not talking about government takeover industries. 
Uh, but in the morning, she said, yeah, we're talking about massive government intervention. So I'll play some of these clips when we come back, and I think you'll be surprised when you hear it in their own – well, probably not surprised when you hear it in their own words. Of course, if you want to join us, folks, you have questions on your, you and your money, feel free to throw those at us, 803-0930 and star 930. Don't forget to uh, follow us on Facebook, like us on – no, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at FinGuys. And we also launched a podcast recently. On the podcast this week, uh, we talked about a little bit of what we're going to talk about this uh, in the first hour, and that is uh, you know New York State uh, uh, dropping uh, a budget Concerns, you know, the revenue shortfall. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, we talked about the uh, Akasha Cortez and the State of the Union. Interesting the stuff that they, they stood for and clapped for and the things that they didn't. You know, a freeing 300 uh, women from a, 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 a human trafficker, that couldn't, you know, command a standing ovation from Democrats. The only thing they actually stood and clapped for was their own success at the polls in winning, you know, a record number of uh, women's seats in Congress, which, you know, should be applauded, no question about it. Uh, but I find it interesting the things that they didn't applaud for. They didn't applaud for uh, and stand and applaud for a record low unemployment among African Americans. They didn't stand and applaud for, you know, 5 million people coming off of food stamps. They didn't stand and applaud for, you know, ICE, uh, you know, capturing, you know, criminals and, and, and sex traffickers. They couldn't, you know, be bothered with that because, you know, those things like unemployment, economic success, less people on food stamps, those are all success stories for the American people. And more success for American people means less dependent on American government. And less dependent on American government means less Democrats get voted into office, and they know that. And so we'll talk about more about that when we come back. If you want to text us, by the way, our text line is open at uh, 30930. That's 3930. And again, if you're outside the area, 1-800-616-9236. You've got the financial guys, Glenn Wiggle, Mike Lomas, A.J. Witkowski in the studio. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. You're listening to The Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930, toll free at 800-616-WBEN, and cell calls are free at star 930. Live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All right, welcome back. We've got the financial guys, Glenn Wiggle, Mike Lomas, A.J. Witkowski joining us in studio, everyone's favorite millennial who uh, actually understands economics and finance, which is why he's on our team. And uh, if you need anybody throughout the week, whether it be A.J. or whether it be uh, – uh, you know, uh, uh, Mike Hayflick, uh, Social Security Claiming Strategy, Jeff Boron, uh, uh, College uh, Planning, um, uh, Tom Canavo in Estate Planning, uh, Jay Blanchard Veteran Program, Women Investing with Abby Gwynn, and so many others. You can reach us at the office. Use us as a resource, folks. If you think like us, 633-1515 is a local office number, 633-1515. If you're down in the Florida market, it's 561-614-2000. 561-614-2000 is the office number. Or you can always go to our website at financialguys.com and you can email us right to the website. Lots of great information there. You can ask us questions. You can uh, follow our podcast, connect to all of our social media accounts, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Again, financialguys.com. And if you want to join us here on the air, 803-0930. Star 930 is a free call in a cell and 1-800-616-9236 if you are outside the area. AJ, I wanted to play a couple of quick clips here. Um, this one is from Akasha Cortez and literally is within a 12-hour span. And so it's really amazing that, you know, I think she's letting the cat out of the bag. And if you if people think that Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the leadership and the Democrat Party is going to allow, you know, this uh, woman to have a second uh, chance, I think you're 
I think you're fooling yourselves because they, they want the same thing. They just don't want anyone to know what the, exactly that is. So this is from uh, just a couple of days ago. Are you prepared to put on the table that, yes, actually they're right. What this requires is massive government intervention. It does. It does. Yeah, I have no problem saying that. Uh, uh, I think. Now, wait, later in the day, however, on MSNBC. One, one way that the right does try to mischaracterize uh, what we're doing as though it's like some kind of massive government takeover. Mm -hmm. So not a massive government takeover. Mm. To put on the table that, yes, actually, they're right. What this requires is massive government intervention. It does. It does. So obviously, you know, not being honest there. It, it, look, if, if she wants no planes, folks. She wants to have a high-speed railroad across the oceans. You know, she'd also like a, a, a food, ma you know, a making machine like you have, you know, on the Star Trek Enterprise, right, or the Starship Enterprise. So you could just ask for Earl Grey tea, hot and it automatically materializes. Wouldn't that be great? You know, I'd like teletransportation. I, I would love to be able to hop into a phone booth-looking thing and miraculously show up in Paris. Well, not Paris. I wouldn't want to go to Paris. Uh, uh, so I'll go to... Uh, Australia. Australia. There you go. I'd always wanted to see Australia. You know, that way you wouldn't have to worry about the car. Wouldn't that be great, folks? I'd love flying cars uh, that, that run on, uh, you know, uh, pixie dust and, and uh, you know, and... and, and, and uh, and, and, and gumballs, you know, or whatever. I mean, come on. This is it's a completely lunacy. And, you know, of course she comes out and, and people ask, well, how, would you, you know, how are we going to get there? How you gonna, well, we just got to invent things that haven't been invented yet. <sighs> wow. There you have Thank it, Thank you for that answer, right? <laughs> Thank you for that. Oh, man. All we I, need is inventions that haven't been invented yet. I, why did, why, AJ, why didn't you think of that? I, you know what? I'm thinking about it right now. I, I'm just going to go create something off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, poof. I really do think the government should just be a referee. You know, if there's someone who's stepping out of line, okay, put them back into place. But like I said earlier, the government's the biggest business out there, right? They're not going to want people making up things and paying for everything. I mean, I just don't know how they could do that. I mean, it's a euphoria, right? It's perfect. Everyone gets health care. Everyone can live. Everyone can pay. But, I mean, America is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you build your own pursuit to get that happiness. I mean, mm -hmm. It's all about opportunity. Everyone's given the equal opportunity. Go out there and make your own opportunity. Well, not be given it, you know, not have it given to you. That's right. And the bigger the government becomes and the, the bigger the, the regulatory burden, the bigger the tax burden, the, you know, the bigger the, you know, the, the weight of government gets, the harder it is for folks to to create those types of businesses, to become an entrepreneur, to invent those inventions that, in, in Acacia Cortez's words, have not yet been invented, um, you know, it's it's hard. And and when you look, and again, I'll go back to where you find pockets of innovation, where you find that you know true entrepreneurial spirit. You know, what are those sectors that have created wealth? I mean, think about Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Think about the wealth that was created or he created for himself via Amazon. But think about all the jobs that Amazon has spun off. I mean, look at um, uh, now the Amazon's talking about maybe not doing the headquarters in New York. And, and I'm sure we'll blow that deal. I mean, we, we couldn't, uh, you know, we couldn't sell a blanket to a freezing person in, in Iceland. I mean, it's just, you know, we can't hey, the weather here is so bad. They're all moving well, the, to Florida. Well, but yeah, exactly. We'll get to that in a second, in, in the second uh, half hour here. But, you know, when you look at the places of innovation and you look at what's, you know, where it's happening and what sectors, it's in the sectors that are not highly regulated, like, 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 uh, like the Internet, like, you know, the technology and places like that. That's where you're finding innovation. But places where, you know, the government doesn't have its boot on the throat of those particular sectors. You know, you look at Amazon. Amazon employs thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Microsoft, thousands and thousands of people. Now, does it mean 
mean that I like Jeff Bezos or, or Bill Gates? Hell no. I don't really like either of them it's from, a, from a, a, a political standpoint or what their beliefs are standpoint. But I got to give them credit where credit's due. You know, how many people have jobs at those places or have built careers at those places, especially Microsoft over the last, you know, uh, four decades that wouldn't have had that without that entrepreneurial opportunity that was there for a, a Bill Gates to create a Microsoft or, uh, you know, or Apple or uh, or an Amazon or a Google or any of those types of companies. But you look at the places in the, in the economy that is heavily regulated, like healthcare. What kind of innovation have we ha- have we had in health insurance? Not talking health care. I'm talking health insurance. Not much. Not much. There's not really, you know, we have, um, what do they call that, the Portamedic now, which is great. You can, talk, you can talk to your doctor face-to-face on an iPhone. That's cool, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not really health insurance uh, related. You know, you look at those types of sectors and you see very, you know, not as much innovation. Um, Amazon, by the way, again, as I mentioned earlier, they're looking at now potentially pulling the plug on the, uh, the New York uh, State deal. And Governor Cuomo is in an absolute panic. The state is already underwater by $2.8 billion. Now he's blaming it on the new tax bill that really haven't even gone into effect very much yet. Uh, last week he was blaming it on the weather. Uh, but the facts are the facts, and, that, and that's, you know, those facts are people are fleeing places like New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, California, places that have had unchecked liberal policies that have caused things like high poverty, high homelessness, high taxes, high regulation. We're going to talk regulation in the next hour uh, with the president, uh, Dan Renega, from Lakeshore Savings Bank and, uh, and find out how it's impacting the, uh, you know, the, the banking sector. But, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's no secret that people are voting with their feet because they're voting with their wallet. And they're saying, I'm not willing to give up, uh, you know, this kind of, uh, of, of money to the government. And, uh, and they're going to, to the places where their wealth is going to be better treated. Those places include Texas, Tennessee, Florida. I mean, think about the budget in New York State. You're talking about a $175 billion budget, which is twice that of what Florida's budget is. We'll talk more about that when we come back on the other side of the break. Tim, you're first up on deck. If you want to join us, 803-0930. Star 930 is a free call on a cell. And, of course, if you're outside the area, again, down in Florida, up in Toronto, 1-800-616-9236. You've got the financial guys, Glomago, Mike Lomas, and A.J. Witkowski. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. You're listening to the financial guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930, toll-free at 800-616-WBEN, and cell calls are free at star 930. Live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty, welcome back. Financial guys, Glenn Wiggle, Mike Lomas, live here on News Radio 930, WBEN, A.J. Witkowski joining me in studio. We're also uh, live on WFTL AM850 in South Florida as well. If you're down in that region and you want to join today's program, it's uh, 1-800-616-9236. Again, 1-800-616-9236. You can text us at uh, 3930. That's uh, 30930. And uh, if you are local, 8030930 and star 930 is a free call. And so just a couple of texts to roll through before I get to the phones. Uh, I have an old flip phone. If it's uh, not so good for texting, please furnish an email. Um, the best place to email us is to go right to our website. Go to thefinancialguys.com. Uh, there's a place there you can uh, make comments or email us uh, through that website, and it will go to uh, Sue, who will eventually farm it over to Mike or I or both of us uh, to review and respond to. Usually we try to respond to our emails within 24 hours, uh, so we do the best we can to get right
right back to you if you have a question or just want to make a comment, financialguys.com. Como was just waiting to use the Trump tax cut for New Yorker shortfalls. I absolutely agree with this. He will use any excuse possible as opposed to actually looking in the mirror and uh, you know figuring out what kind of policies that he's put in place you know, have created this particular atmosphere. And also, by the way, uh, another, uh, another um, uh, kind of a storied company closing, Ingersoll Rand in Buffalo, is closing their manufacturing facility. 300 workers are going to be out of a job uh, come this summer when they close down that plant. And that is, again, an unbelievably unfortunate uh, circumstance. But I just hope that Como and then the uh, union bosses are not out there uh, you know, throwing down hats and uh, and bad mouthing the company that has been uh, you know Western New York for many many years, like they have been doing with New Era. Let's not forget, folks. New Era still has a good chunk of their their uh, operation here, and Ingersoll will also keep a good chunk of their technology part of their operation here. I think close to 100 jobs. So let's not chase the rest of those jobs out of town. Uh, it's unfortunate for those workers that lose their jobs, but you know this is the environment that people like Poland cars, people like Como. Uh, that have created, you know, it's a it's an environment that, you know, is a, a very difficult if you're a business owner trying to run a business. It's a high regulatory, high tax, high cost state to do business in. And I hate to say this, and I, you know, we certainly have, you know, a lot of friends in the, in the unions. We have a lot of clients in unions, but I think you guys need to look at your leadership. I mean, you guys walked out uh, back in 2015 from the Ingersoll Rand plant and closed down the operation for 30 days. You know, put yourself in the position of the owner of that business, or if it's, God forbid, it's a smaller business. New York is not a right-to-work state. And so if you want to, you know, work in this state in a unionized sector, you have to become part of the union. But do you think just for a second that maybe the fact that the plant was closed for an entire month with zero operations while, you know, negotiations went on, do you think that the fact that your contract is coming up August 6th of this year, do you think maybe that had a part in their decision to relocate some of those operations and consolidate in Carolina, as opposed to, which is a right-to-work state, by the way, as opposed to closing down the Carolina operation and moving it to New York? I'm not saying it was or it wasn't, but if I'm the one making that decision, all of those things are factoring in, you know, continuing operations, uh, not having disruption in the business, um, you know, the ability to have, you know, lower taxes and expenses, lower regulatory issues to deal with. Uh, all those, I'm sure, played a factor in Ingersoll Rand's decision. And unfortunately, 300, you know, hardworking people are, uh, are out of work. And, you know, the good news is, if there's any good news in that, is that we have a very tight labor market. And so I'm pretty confident that you'll be able to find other gainful employment in this kind of environment. Could be worse, could be a recession where there aren't any jobs. And so I think that Unfortunately, when you start to look at the environment that has been created in New York State, that's why people and that's why businesses are leaving. It's no no secret whatsoever. So, anyway, if you want to join us, eight zero three zero nine three on star nine thirty. Uh, what do you want to do, AJ? You want to go to the phones? Yeah, let's get Tim on here. All right, let's welcome Tim from Hamburg. You are live with the financial guys. How are you, Tim? Good. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. You got it. I got a. Uh uh, retirement coming in, I could take it lump sum or take it in monthly payments from uh, Trico, another company that left, mm-hmm. um, and just wanted to know uh, tax-wise where I'd be. I get uh, 1365 in Social Security, and I'm going to start getting 240 a month from a volunteer fire department. Gotcha. Well, let me just, uh, before I throw it to AJ, let me just um, add this. I don't know, you know, obviously tax-wise, 
it, it's tough to say. There's other things that we have to factor in. And, of course, I'm not a tax person either, so we'd have, that's a better question for AJ. If you decide to take a lump sum, most likely allow, you know, they allow that lump sum to be rolled over into an IRA so it's not immediately taxable. So the question really is, is you know, what is that lump sum amount added to your pension, or not the lump sum amount, what is your Social Security added to your pension, uh, added to your, your fireman's pension, what does that total income look like? And what, do, what kind of tax bracket does that put you in? You know, that's a better question really for Esther. Um, but there's other considerations that you have to think about because you can always draw an income stream out of that lump sum. Mm -hmm. One of the things that you have to consider is, you know, do you want to take the risk? What is the percentage that you can get as a part of a pension versus the lump sum? And, the, and the, there's two different types of risk. There's a risk of taking the pension amount and having the company go under uh, or, or, or terminating the pension, which, you know, that would then default to the, Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, which typically you know cuts your pension payments in half or more, so that's a risk. But you, if you roll it over, you have the risk of investment risk, uh, or what you're investing in. You know, can it continue to to uh, to drive that same amount of income that you would get from a pension? So those are the kind of things that you might want to consider. Um, AJ, what are your thoughts as far as you know, uh, pension, uh, you know, ongoing income versus rollovers? I think, and again, uh, one of the big things is what's your lifestyle, and that's really what your expenses are as well. Uh, I can't really answer the tax questions. I just think a rollover would be substantial because now you have the decisions that you can make with your investments. I mean, obviously, there's investment risk everywhere, but the two things that we really focus on are expenses and uh, your risk tolerance. Um, when it comes to, you know, again, it, it, how much money do you have coming in versus how much are you putting out? And we got to look at everything like a almost like a business, right? I mean, do you have more coming in than going out? It's a $40,000 payment now or 250 a month with a 10-year guarantee. So it's 40 now or 250 a month guaranteed for 10 years. So I, I would say this. I think AJ's really, you know, the, hit the nail on the head, and that is it's about your expenses, right? So if you can live without the ongoing pension amount and you don't need it, then I think rolling it over, you know, might make more sense. But mm -hmm. we would want to take you through our homework process, Tim. And part of that homework process, as AJ alluded to, is figuring out what your expenses are, what your budget looks like, and then what your income needs are. And then the last question is, can we drive, you know, three thousand dollars a year, two fifty a month, out of a forty or fifty thousand uh, dollar rollover amount? Yes and no. You know, it's it's a it's a high percentage of what you'd be drawing. Um, but again, also depends on your age and things like that. So I would suggest going through our homework process. We typically like to gather a lot more information from folks, including their expenses, including their tolerance for risk, mm -hmm. including their investment objectives, uh, before we really, you know, give you solid advice on, you know, do this versus that, if that makes sense. Yes. So if you want to call us at the office, um, 633-1515 is the best place to do that. And you can either ask for uh, me or Mike or AJ and, uh, or just, you know, say you, you talk to us on the radio and you want to get an appointment set. And we will have you come in and go through our homework process with one of our investment professionals. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. All right. Thank you. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Tim. Uh, let's go back to the phones and welcome Fran, I think. Fran is in uh, Buffalo. Hi, Fran. You're live with the Financial Guys. How are you? Hi. I'm good. Um, I just wanted to uh, ask you, and I'm sure going to college you were, are familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, you know what? With these liberals um, giving you like $1,000 not to work or whatever, they're actually it's, they're, they're going to keep you on the lower level of that, and that's like the very basic needs of, of humanity, of, of uh, survival, food, water, protection, and harm. 
And if they pull the stop gaps out and just abandon masses, people will just freak out and the government has you under control. You'll never reach self-actualization. So, you know, if the callers, you know, if they're just interested, look it up because that's exactly what's happening, is the government is just taking away our rights and trying to um, give free stuff away, which everybody thinks is wonderful, when in fact it's taking away our freedoms. Mm-hmm. You, I, I don't even have anything to add to that, Fran. You just hit the ball out of the park. You nailed it. Perfect. You're absolutely <laughs> right. You really are. Don't be a stranger to the show. We appreciate it. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, she's absolutely right. I mean, she, mm-hmm. you know, they're, I mean, what's a thousand dollars a month? You're giving somebody, ju- I mean, think about it. Especially in the city programs. of Chicago. I mean, right. I, it's, it's not exactly a cheap city to live in. And I know that firsthand um, with all my friends there, but a thousand dollars isn't going to, I mean, even if you think about food, uh, housing, any of it, it's going to take up a piece, a piece of that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Those that trade uh, liberty for security have neither. Right. And mm-hmm. that's what I think a lot of folks have to remember. I want to play a little clip just for a sec here. This is a clip from um, this. What was this from a campus reform? Campus reform went out and I, I got we're going to start finding out when these uh, different rallies are, because Mike and I and you, AJ, we're going to go out there with Kelsey and we're going to do some of our own filming coming up uh, pretty soon. We do have a YouTube channel up. We have a podcast going now. Our podcast, by the way, is available on uh uh, the uh, was it the IOC was it IO what, what's the uh, Apple platform AJ I need a my, my iOS little. iOS thank you <laughs> <laughs> available on the iOS platform available on Android available on uh, I guess it's a Blueberry of some sort I, I don't know uh, if you go to our website you can find it there uh, and you can subscribe there I just actually subscribed to it myself on the uh, iOS system via iTunes so or the uh, podcast thing on my phone it's a purple icon that's all I know. Um, but uh, listen to that. We're, we just did our third episode, and uh, follow us there. Um, but I want to play this, and uh, this is just a, a, about a minute, and then we'll go back to the phones, I promise. I'm Kevin Phillips with Campus Reform. With rise in socialism around America, we're in Washington, D.C. today talking to actual victims of socialism from Venezuela about what their message would be to young people that would like to see socialist policies here in the United States. Let's see what they have to say. What would be your message to young people that think socialism would be a good idea here in America? Look yourself in the mirror of Venezuela and Cuba. You do not ever want anyone, not even close to socialism, to come to this country. People are eating from trash bags in the street. So how has socialism actually helped the country? From the perspective of people who've lived through uh, failed socialism, it's uh, very hard to accomplish. Yeah, I don't think any Venezuelan can really like socialism because we've seen it put in place very well. It's not a game. It is not a game. It is not the route to go. It is not possible. It's not feasible. Don't fall for it. It doesn't work the way the book says it works because we're humans and we have imperfections and socialism is too perfect to be true. Check your history. Look at the news. Look at all the countries that have failed under a socialist government like Cuba, like Venezuela. In Venezuela, socialism doesn't work. We've seen what happens when socialism kind of takes to the extreme. Bernie Sanders, as your enemy, do not ever, ever get involved with this individual or any of the other socialists. We also thought that this could never happen in our country. We had a balance of powers, we had democracy, and we elected our leaders. People always talk about... I want to play that part again. I think that's so important. Did you hear what she said? They never thought it would happen in their country. In 1999... Venezuela was the wealthiest country in South and Latin America. Venezuela sits on the largest known oil reserves in the world. In 1999, they elected 
democratically elected Hugo Chavez. Hugo Chavez went to Cuba and met with Fidel Castro and said, how should I govern my country? And Fidel Castro said, you need to employ socialism, take over the industry, and return the production to the people. And so the first thing he did was he confiscated the oil fields, and then he took over health care, and then he took over education, and then he started mandating minimum wage, and he took over industry by industry by industry. And within a matter of just a couple of months and years, they were unable to even keep the, the gas pumps flowing. They've been unable to keep food on the shelves. They don't have medicine. As the other woman said, people are eating out of trash bags. That's what Venezuelan has got to. Venezuela, the average Venezuelan in the last couple of years has lost an average of 35 pounds. People are fleeing. These people are rallying in Washington, D.C. Uh, to help their country. Now, fortunately, uh, in the last couple of weeks, most of the world leaders, including President Trump, even during the State of the Union, uh, has now, is now recognizing uh, the opposition leader as opposed to Maduro, who took over for uh, Hugo Chavez. And so within a matter of a couple of weeks, I thought it would be this week, but it's inevitable that Maduro will fall and the new opposition leader will be installed as president for a temporary time until such free elections can resume. But I want you to listen to for what these women said, because I think it's really important. Socialist. We also thought that this could never happen in our country. We had a balance of powers, we had democracy, and we elected our leaders. People always talk about the Nazis. We had a balance of power. They have the same type of legislature, same president, same Democrat free elections. And uh, they don't, what they don't have is the constitutional republic like we have. And that's where, you know, it, it's, I think it, it saves us from, you know, mob rule of, of what the Democrat Party really wants. And that is, uh, you know, the, the majority rule no matter what. You know, the, the Democratic Republic that we have, the, the, uh, the way that we have representation uh, through things like, uh, you know, our election process and the Electoral College, uh, the senators and things like that. Um, you know, that's to protect the minority type groups, whether that be I'm not talking minority, meaning like Hispanic. I'm talking about the groups that are out of power so that, you know, the the in power majority doesn't run amok. And I think it was uh, Benjamin Franklin that said it best and that, you know, democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what's for dinner. You know, liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. And I think that's really important for us to remember that we have these types of safeguards in a, in a republic like we have, you know, so we don't have that mob type of rule. But Venezuela had, you know, the, the, the free elections. They elected Hugo Chavez. And 20 years later, they are the poorest country uh, in, uh, in Latin and South America. And sitting on a gold mine. I mean, sitting oil on mine. A gold mine. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we got to take a very short break, folks. We'll come back. We'll uh, we'll pound through the rest of these calls. If you do want to join us, 8030930 and star 930. And uh, if you're again outside the area, 1-800-616-9236. If you want to text us, uh, the 30930. And if you need us throughout the week, uh, feel free to use us as a resource. You can reach us through our website at financialguys.com, or you can call us at the office locally here in Western New York, 633-1515. Again, 633-1515. And if you're down in the South Florida market, uh, we our main office is in uh, Palm Beach. You can reach us there at 561-614-2000, 561-614-2000. Or again, you can go to our website at thefinancialguys.com. All right, very short break. Got the Financial Guys. Glumbigal Mike Lomas and A.J. Witkowski in studio. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. You're listening to The Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930. Toll free at 800-616-WBEN. And cell calls are free at star 930. 
Live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. My favorite part from the State of the Union address, even Chuck Schumer had to stand up for that one. Uh, you've got the financial guys, Glenn Wiggle, Mike Lomas, and A.J. Witkowski live here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And again, if you are uh, uh, listening uh, live, you can call us 8030930 if you're outside the area. Uh, Star 930 is a free call on a cell, or you can use the 1 800 number, 1 800 616 9236. I want to kind of wrap up these uh, calls before the top of the hour here. Again, if you need us throughout the week, feel free to uh, use us as a resource, folks. If you think like us, uh, go to our website at financialguys.com. You can reach us through that, uh, or you can call us at the office, of course, 633-1515. We are one of those very unique offices. I think, in fact, <laughs> we just hired another uh, fantastic investment professional from Rochester. Uh, welcome, uh, Phil uh, Provenzano. But, you know, the one thing that he said I think really resonated with me this past week, he said, I've been looking for a firm like this, and I just didn't think it existed after looking for several years. There's very few firms out there where you can walk in the door, if any firms, I haven't met one yet, where you can come in and sit down and have your investment plan reviewed, have a retirement plan put in place, you know, have a portfolio managed for you, sit down and have your uh, Medicaid, uh, uh, Medicare uh, supplement review. We have AHIP, independent AHIP certified uh, Medicare folks that can help you with that. You can sit down with our in-house attorney, Tom Canavo uh, from Canavo Law, who can help you with your estate plans, your wills. It is tax time. You can get your taxes done. We have somebody from Estragulius in our office throughout the entire tax season, as well as other invest uh, tax professionals that you can use uh, as well. Uh, you know, there's just no firms like that. Uh, you can have your Social Security analyzed uh, to figure out what the most optimal way uh, for you to take Social Security is going to be, uh, and so much more. If you need us throughout the week, folks, 633-1515. If you're down in the South Florida market, 561-614-2000, or again, go to our website, thefinancialguys.com, and use us as a resource. Let's go back to the phones and try to sneak in as many as we can here before the top of the hour. If I do forget, by the way, uh, if you want to continue to listen to the second hour and you are outside of the bubble, Buffalo Market. You can tune in and continue to follow. We are on till 3 o'clock. Uh, you can go to and download the radio.com app and look for WBEN, radio.com, WBEN. You can continue to listen live all the way through the uh, end of the show at 3 o'clock. Let's go back to the phones and welcome Frank in Williamsville. Frank, you're live with the Financial Guys. How are you? Good. Very good. Uh, could you tell me when, when, when Trump made that comment about socialism, did they zoom in on uh, Bernie, Bernie Sanders at all? They did. They did, actually. How did you know? And he had a scowl on his face like somebody, uh, you know, took his pudding. He didn't stand up, huh? No, God, no. <laughs> no, he didn't stand up. I was surprised he didn't walk out. Venezuela is a good example of why, why we need, where we have a civilian-controlled military. Because all these uh, banana republic countries were able to put through communism and socialism things because they... they the government, the president or whoever, was in charge of the army as well. Um, and that's why, that's why the Second Amendment is so important in our country if people don't realize that. Absolutely. One year. There's no doubt. Uh, can I ask you a question about uh, um, pensions? Sure. Okay. My company sends me these things in the, in the mail all the time about how our pension is guaranteed. It's all by accountants and everything else. Does that mean... And it, it's going to be there when I retire. Or, if they go out of business, 
Yeah, no pensions are guaranteed. So let me explain this. A guarantee is only as good as the person or the company or the entity backing up that guarantee. And, and pensions are backed up by the claims-paying ability of the corporation that is providing that pension. If the corporation fails, and we've seen several of these, Bethlehem Steel probably being one of the most recognizable in Western New York, what happens is that pension gets kicked over to the Government Benefit Guarantee Corporation, the PBGC. The problem with the PBGC is that they're also broke, and so typically those pensions get cut in half or more uh, when that happens. And so really, you know, that's we just had this conversation with a previous caller. I'm glad you bring it up again. You really have to give a lot of thought and consideration uh, as to, you know, what the claims-paying ability of the person or the company or the entity providing that pension really is. And, of course, it's going to be much different, right? If you're a New York State teacher and you're getting a pension from New York State, well, they have taxing ability, right? They can just – they don't have money. They just take more of it through taxes. So your your pension is very, very secure if it's a New York State pension because they have that taxing power. But if you're GM – and that's your pension. Well, you know, GM's already been through a bankruptcy, right? So, or an airline. You know, those are the kind of things you have to consider as to, you know, what that long-term effect is going to be. Typically, rule of thumb is if we can provide a similar, um, if we can provide a similar uh, a pension amount uh, via investments out to somebody, then more often than not, we'll tell people that you're, it's in your best interest to take control of your money and control of your destiny and control of your future. And that's really, you know, kind of the, 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 the line that we fall on. But and everything, you know, sometimes you can. There are some pensions that we've seen where, you know, if you took the lump sum, you could never generate the same amount of income that you could. So sometimes you have to take the flyer with the company. So I hope that helps you out. I think he's oh, gone. All right, Frank's gone. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for the call, Frank. I appreciate it. Anyhow, uh, let's go to uh, – we've got a few minutes left here in this hour. Let's go to uh, Joe in Angola. Joe, you are live with the Financial Guys. How are you, Joe? Uh, good afternoon. Great show. I always like listening to you gentlemen. You're, you're ray of uh, sunshine at the end of the week with uh, what goes on. Well, thank you. Appreciate uh, that. The question I have, people in Buffalo don't know what goes on in Rochester, and people in Rochester don't know what goes on in Syracuse, and the rest of the people don't know what goes on in Albany. True. You aware – there is a Catholic-run uh, hospital in uh, the downstate area that their administrators messed up their pension. And uh, Mr. Okay. Cuomo said, that's okay. The state will take care of it for you. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess they can do that if they want to. I, I have not heard about that. But your point to, you know, what happens in Rochester doesn't get reported in Buffalo and Syracuse and so on. And you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, you don't have to go any farther than look at what they've just passed in Albany in the last couple of weeks between the abortion bill, between the uh, uh, the uh, what they call the Free Tuition for Illegals Act, uh, AJ. What was that called? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, uh, what was that called? It's it's a, it's a great euphemism like the. Uh, like the Dreamer? No. Not the, yes, the Dream Act. The That's Dream what Act. it was. The, the, they, okay. they passed the Dream Act. So it's a dream now for the taxpayers to pay for somebody who's not here legally for their college tuition. So, But did the local media cover that? Outside of BEN, nope. No. Didn't see it on Channel 7. Didn't see it on Channel 4. Didn't see it on Channel 2. Uh, didn't see it in the Buffalo News. We have socialism here in, uh, in New York. Mm -hmm. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah, that's why people are leaving. That's why people are leaving in droves. Um, and we want more of it. I mean, that's, that's the scary part about this Democrat Party and you know people like Como is that the more that they hand out to people, the more reliable those votes will be, the more they can consolidate their power and reward their friends. And, the, you know, the, the cesspool goes round and round the toilet bowl, and that is uh, right around Albany. 
unfortunately. And that's what we have to deal with in this day. And that's why there's a shortfall. That's why, you know, Governor Cuomo's going, this is as serious as a heart attack. We have $2.8 billion as a whole. No mention of cutting spending. None whatsoever. Just how do we go out and get that money? But anyhow, thanks for the call, Joe. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and that's going to wrap up the first hour for us. Stay tuned, folks. I have a whole other hour to go. And uh, next hour, we have some special guests up. Dan uh, Renega, uh, president of Lakeshore Savings Bank. We have John Witkowski in studio along with AJ. John is the president of the Independent Bankers Association of New York. And if you want to continue to listen, if you're outside the area, don't forget you can go to the Radio.com app. And if you need us throughout the week, uh, go to our website, FinancialGuys.com. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Financial Guys, News Radio 930, WBEN. The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. Should we build the wall... Ooh, I don't think so. I don't believe in it. Why would you say you, you don't believe in it? Uh, because um, I just don't think it's fair. It's time to talk money. What other suggestions would you have to assist Border Patrol from you know preventing any drugs, guns, people, smuggling people across the border? I think it it's all comes down to attitude. It's the Financial Guys radio program with local financial experts Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. So if people are crossing it illegally, how do we get them to kind of do their fair share of paying taxes once they get a, one of those, fill one of those jobs or anything like that? Actually, I'm not concerned about necessarily paying taxes. Build that wall! Build that wall! Build that wall! Now, live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of the Financial Guys here on News Radio 930 WBEN. I love the beginning part of that. Uh, do you believe in a wall? No. Well, why not? Well, I don't. I don't think it's really moral or fair. Whatever she said, I just. I wish she would have asked a follow-up question. Like, well, do you think it's fair that people have to live on the streets when you have this really nice apartment or home? I mean, you want to let them in and just live with you and open your doors for everybody? Of course not. I mean, think logically here, folks. These people are are just devoid of any sort of reason and logic. It's whatever feels good to them, and if it feels good to have open borders, yeah. Yeah, who, who's to be bothered by who's going to pay for all that? No big deal. Someone else will pay for it. No worries. They're no the worries same people with the fences. With the and fences exactly around that, the house. Yeah, yeah. And then you go to Nancy Pelosi's house. He's got a giant fence and a gate, right? Gavin mm-hmm. Newsom, big, uh, big uh, fence around this house. Obama, you can't even get down his street, <laughs> right? Exactly. So just absolutely amazing. It really is. Uh, the, the complete hypocrites. What's good for the goose It's not good for the gander, apparently, if you are a Democrat. So... Anyhow, all right, hour number two here, folks. We've got the financial guys, Glenn Wiggle, Mike Lomas. We've got A.J. Witkowski in studio, John Witkowski, the president of Ibanez, the Independent Bankers Association of New York State, and, of course, Dan Renega, the president of Lakeshore Savings Bank. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining the program. We appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. We are going to talk more about regulation, so we're going to kind of continue on with the theme that we had in the first hour and uh, kind of go down. You know, we talked in the first hour about a little bit about Venezuela, a little about uh, Acacia Cortez. I want to talk to you guys about her proposals for her new, uh, her Green New Deal. 
uh, and and, and uh, kind of the things that she's talking about. I want to talk a little about New York State in this hour as far as some of the budget shortfalls that we have. But before I do all that, I wanted to clean up the phones for the last hour. We have some folks that have been very, very patiently waiting, and I thought we would go back to the phones quick and wrap those up with John in Rochester. John, you are live with the Financial Guys on WBEN. How are you? Hey, hey, Glenn. I'm doing great. And and, and all other guys in the studio, listen, uh, I'll tell you, that, that State of the Union uh, speech was phenomenal. That was one the best State of the Union speech I've ever seen. And it, he hit it right. He nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. And I'll, I'll tell you, and the other thing I like is he, in our headlines today uh, in Rochester, in the Democrat and Chronicle, which is a very biased newspaper, by the way, but... Uh, they had the headline was Trump uh, doubles down on pe- encouraging people to move out of upstate. Yep. Yes, he did. Being treated fairly, and I, I'll tell you, I give the paper credit for publishing that. Of course, Cuomo came back with a quote saying, "Well, he might be in an Antarctica or something like that because that's how many times he's been in upstate." But Trump nailed it, and it's important. I'll give you an example. My mom, who's now retired, uh, we moved her back to Buffalo. Uh, she worked, uh, her last three major jobs was uh, Remington Rand, uh, Trico, and Buffalo, China. And guess where all three of them went? Two, two out of three uh, went to Mexico. Remington Rand just moved out of the area. So uh, this is continuing under this type of uh, government, so, socialistic yep. type government. We're not a capitalistic government anymore. This is uh, more, it's a blend of socialism and capitalism. And, the danger right now, you guys hit it on the head, is uh, more socialism, which is going to which is going to kill us. Like, Solar City is a good, good example of it. Yes, it is. City, uh, I took a book out of Karl Marx, uh, das, das Kapital, when uh, the government buys the buys the uh, land, buys in effect the capital, pays pay for it through the, the uh, capital and takes control of the labor through unions. It's it's uh, and look what's happened to Solar City. It's been a debacle so far of seven hundred and fifty million dollars. Yep, exactly. Well Solar City's a joke. I mean now they've got some uh, folks that have been laid off going, Oh yeah, we we put up walls just to hide the unused manufacturing equipment when we had the media tour. They said that on a good week they produce enough solar panels to do four homes. In a bad week, they produce enough solar panels to do zero. I mean, even in the good weeks, if you're doing four homes a week, you know, by 52 weeks a year, okay, so you do 200 homes. Is that enough to support a billion-dollar factory? It's not even enough to support, like, a 1,000-square-foot, a, a uh, you know, plaza space, let alone, uh, you know, 10,000-square-foot <laughs> facility. There's no way. It's lunacy. Absolutely. And, and, you know, talking about uh, socialism in this country, look at the programs that are socialistic in this country. Medicare, Social Security, the trustees have uh, basically put on a path, have declared they're on the path to insolvency, both of them. And look at the VA. Another it's run by the government. Guy, right. It's, it's, uh, it's failed. Venezuela, Cuba, and Sweden is an example They've gone more to capitalism because That's right. socialism, in a lot of respects, has failed them, except in certain certain areas. So yeah, but they also have a 55% tax rate as well. So the areas that are still being, you know, are still socialist in Sweden, you're paying dearly for those things. But you're right. In the 70s, Sweden decided to explore this great socialist experiment where they started giving people exactly what Chicago wants to do: free basic income, 
free housing, free health care, free this, free that, free everything else. What they found was it just made them lazy and it didn't help anybody. And what happened was they started to run out of money. And so they ran away from socialism as fast as possible. And they went back to a more free market capitalist society. So and that's what you know, that's the fight that I think we are losing today uh, from a um, you know, uh, a millennial standpoint, from an education standpoint, from just communicating. You know, we don't have the Milton Friedmans anymore in, the, in this world that are really espousing the benefits of free market capitalism, mm-hmm. you know, and free enterprise. You know, we don't have those folks anymore. There's nobody on the right, very few, I shouldn't say nobody, very few folks on the right that are talking about, uh, you know, the, the benefits of free market capitalism. You've got, you know, socialist. And then you've got Democrat, and the Democrats are the Republicans, right? Uh, Paul Ryan's a Democrat. I don't care what he says or what label's on him. Paul Ryan believes in his big government policy, and he believes his big government policy is better than everybody else's big government policy. Well, nobody is exposed, you know, nobody is talking about the virtues of small government policy, mm-hmm. you know, of having a smaller government, you know, less of a burden, less of a regulatory environment, uh, except for maybe President Trump. You know, one of the few people that I think really, you know, believe in the Republican Party that smaller government works better. However, having said that, he's also signed these huge budgets. So I have to give him some fault as well for, you know, signing these things and, and uh, uh, you know, and not, you know, pushing it back to Paul Ryan to say, uh-uh, try again. But it is what it is. So thanks for the, the uh, thanks for holding, John. We really appreciate it. Thanks for the call and have a great weekend. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a very short break. We come back, we're going to jump right into it with our special guest today. We've got, again, John Witkowski, the president of Ibanez, which is the Independent Bankers Association of New York. And we have the president of Lakeshore Savings Bank, Dan Renega. We're going to come back and talk with them, as well as taking your calls and questions. We're going to talk to them specifically about banking regulation, not only in New York, but across the country as well. If you want to join the conversation, or if you have questions on you and your investments, feel free to throw them at us here at 803-0930. Star 930 is a free call in a cell. 1-800-616-9236 if you're outside the area. If you want to text us, the text line is 30930. That's 3930. And uh, we'll take more of your calls and questions when we come back. You've got the financial guys, Glomigo Mike Lomas and AJ Witkowski in studio with us right here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back, Financial Guys. Glenn Wiggle, Mike Lomas, AJ Witkowski in studio. And in studio. And if you need us throughout the week, folks, uh, again, call us at the office six three three one five one five. We have a uh, a team of investment professionals that can focus on anything from uh, Social Security uh, claiming. We have uh, two certified Social Security claiming strategists in uh, in the office. We have estate planning attorneys. We have tax preparers. We have college planning experts. Uh, Shield four fifty seven. Uh, a, a program for law enforcement, veterans program, women in investing, uh, and you also heard her throughout the break there, um, a Medicare. We have independent AHIP certified Medicare agents that can help you navigate that uh, that space as well. If you are 65 or older and you need to help choosing a Medicare plan, you can use us as a resource. You can certainly go to each and every individual health care seminar if you want to, or you could just come in and sit with one of our independent agents, and they can walk you through all the different plans that are available and help you choose one that fits uh, your needs the best. Six three three one five one five. If uh, if you'd like a consultation, six three three fifteen fifteen. All right, uh, gentlemen, let's talk regulations here in the banking sector. You know, some of the things I see from politicians in New York are uh, are just scary. But you know, we had a little bit of a rollback of uh, Dodd Frank, not much. Uh, but I also noticed this week, you know, Dodd Frank, if you recall. 
was designed to create uh, or to prevent too big to, to fail. And this past week, uh, SunTrust and BB&T Bank uh, just merged to create the sixth, nation's sixth largest bank. It seems to me that, as usual, the government intention turned into the opposite impact or opposite effect, and that is actually to create bigger companies, not smaller banks. You know, wants to take a crack at that one. It, it, it's kind of interesting when you start talking about the, uh, uh, I'll call the mergers and acquisitions environment in the banking industry. And uh, I just attended a conference that was uh, entitled Acquire or Be Acquired. And of course, the bigger banks want to buy the littler banks uh, throughout the nation. And the prognostication was that there are currently about 5,500 banks uh, U.S. wide. And in the next 10 years, it'll be down to around 3,000 to 3,500. And uh, firmly believing uh, the folks that were there kept saying again and again and again, the smaller banks uh, will not survive. Well, I tend to disagree with that completely. Uh, not only will we survive, but we are the backbone of the communities that we serve. And we were born in 1891, Lakeshore Savings Bank was, in Dunkirk, New York. And we continue to grow in uh, western New York, serving our community specifically and giving to our community specifically. So we have a, a great uh, staff that uh, is full engaged in western new york and that's what it's all about it's putting people first and we can survive that very easily and well, i think when you have that hometown type of feel i mean it's hard to go to a big bank now and get a loan things changed <laughs> a lot since 08 you know certainly they got more strict on a lot of things unfortunately they're strict on the wrong things they're still giving money out these bigger banks to you know those folks that are on section 8 housing and things like that and so it's tough to to find liquidity that's where small banks play an absolutely vital, vital role in the local economy is providing that liquidity to small business owners and in the form of you know, small business loans and things like that. Those types of services from you guys are critical to the, to the success of a, of a small community. And, Glenn, this is John. I just uh, I want to follow up on Dan's comments because uh, while he has the story of being for 125, 130 years being in the business – He's not alone in that. There's many, many community banks across New York State that have the same history, the same uh, type of uh, community feel, meaning that they want to help and preserve what they have in the community and make the communities thrive and grow. Um, so from the standpoint of watching the community banks, uh, they're, all of them are doing very well across New York State and, um, you know, in the country. And to be honest with you, it's one of those things that uh, is kind of a mainstay uh, of many of the communities out there. They look to have somebody they can walk in and, they can say hello to Dan because they know who he is. And they can call me on my cell phone. I mean, it's that simple, and we are accessible, and we look at every single customer opportunity as a way to grow uh, our community and our book. And if it's not right for the customer, we're not going to put you in the deal of the day. I guess there were some interesting things that happened with one of our large conglomerate banks uh, on Friday. They uh, had uh, their entire ATM network was down and uh, couldn't get anything processed with credit cards and account access digitally. You know, that, that happens in the industry. I get that. But uh, cybersecurity is paramount, and that's something we're very keen on with all the vendors we deal with, the third parties, et cetera. And uh, we want to preserve the community investment, uh, the investment the community made in us. And that's what it's all about. And just, just a little bit about that, too. When you talk about New York State and some of the challenges that we have, um, we are a uh, federal charter at Lakeshore Savings Bank. And one of the challenges, New York State is the only state in the nation that has a prohibition of municipalities depositing with savings banks, whether it's a federal charter or a state charter savings bank. And uh, that, that just isn't fair when it boils right down to it. We know where it came from, the big banks that were in New York City, mm -hmm. and uh, protecting their turf 
but uh, that's the challenge that we face and try to get the rules and regs changed. You can set up a commercial subsidiary at the bank level. Uh, yeah, $150,000 gets that taken care of for you. And then you got a separate uh, group of regulators and all the uh, hogwash that comes along with that. But the uh, regulators that we have at our bank level are uh, fantastic regulators to deal with. The Office of the Comptroller Currency, uh, the federal regulators, they do a great job uh, for us and we have a good relationship with them. Uh, CFPB came into play, obviously, and had a lot of uh, challenges, but th- uh, they created those challenges for those that remained, and those challenges were created by those that uh, messed up or were uh, into the financial benefits uh, in an inappropriate way from lending, etc. So anyhow, we survive. We continue to survive. Uh, we're going to be here for a long, long time. I'm just a little blip on the radar screen when it comes to the <laughs> service at Lakeshore Savings Bank. Well, but you guys do play a vital role in the uh, community, as a lot of the small banks do. I mean, it really is a, a big deal. I mean, when we, you know, when we're looking as small business owners to expand operations, or you know, buy a building, or 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 start a new business, or whatever, you know, we look to the small, you know, uh, regional banks, and those are the ones that we go to first to you know, to, to get the lending or the or the liquidity that we need to get a deal done. Because, again, it's very difficult, you know, for even somebody with an 800 credit score. I've had clients, believe it or not, not on the commercial side, but on the individual side, that have had over a million-dollar portfolio, have had, you know, uh, no debt, uh, a high sevens or even an 800 credit score, I mean, really stellar, um, and had trouble getting a mortgage for $100,000 because the regulations say you got to look at income That's and right. income to debt and it's the stupidest thing. Yet on the flip side, they will, you know, look at section 8 housing assistance as actual income that you can use to qualify for mortgage. That doesn't make any sense at all. To that's me. right. That's right. That's that's the uh, uniqueness of the system and very important though and that's the uh, challenge we have from a CFBB perspective, uh, some of the regulatory uh, components that we have to uphold. You know, it used to be handshake deals. We didn't do handshake deals, but uh, that was part of the problem. It created uh, a challenge financially for some of the banks that are no longer in business. And uh, especially when it comes to the small business lending, there's still uh, quite a regulatory oversight on that. As an example, we have the regulators that come into the shop and take a look at our commercial loan portfolio. Then we have to have a third party look at that commercial loan portfolio that we hire. Then we have independent analysts internally that check the analysts that put together the portfolio that we <laughs> lend on. So, you know, oh uh, we can't do it, but everybody else can. So it's, it's just, uh, it's unique. And I, I get it. I get it because people do, sure. um, you know, uh, some, sometimes uh, take the wrong uh, attitude when it comes to lending and personal gain. So. I think that's called overregulation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Uh, John, on the overregulation point, um, obviously, you know, as the president of Ibanez, you have an opportunity to talk to a lot of uh, you know small banks across the state of New York. You know, what are some of the challenges that they're facing specific to this state that maybe they don't have in other states? Is it more federal, or there are there state issues that these small banks and regional banks have to deal with as well? You know, there's one thing about the community banks is that uh, you know it comes down to resources. When the regulators come in, I don't care if it's a state or a Fed uh, regulator comes in, they take away resources at the bank for weeks at a time. And so it takes them away from their regular job. If you know community banks, they're, they're very uh, fiscal. They're very fiscally uh, sound. And they, they have mul- some people wear multiple hats. So sometimes when the regulators come in, they might have two or three different groups come in at the same time and do uh, reporting and do uh, their, their regulatory uh, overview. And so now you're talking to two or three different regulatory agencies and you're trying to get your regular work done. So it really comes down to resources. It comes down to um, being able to... Uh, 
be as be as uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Efficient. Efficient. That's there a good you go. Efficiency <laughs> is critical yeah, in banking. It's, it's good to have a kid who has a brain. Um, <laughs> oh man! But uh, yeah. but uh, well, he's the smartest guy in our office. He's the one that's, <laughs> as, as the youngest. He's the guy who has to handle all the technology issues now. Exactly. So, there you go. <laughs> that's what he told good you. Good luck right? with that. Fix <laughs> my Apple Pay. Come on, AJ. You know. iOS, uh, Glenn. iOS. I, iOS. Yeah, I couldn't think of that earlier. What iOS is an Apple is platform. What yeah. is that? Is iOS? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thanks, I owe who? For my back. I appreciate it. But gotcha. <laughs> just to get That's back right. on the regulatory side, it, it's really something that um, I think a lot of the smaller banks, they struggle with a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, they know it has to be done, and it does keep them kind of lockstep in, into what needs to be uh, reviewed. We've worked with uh, DFS of New York State, uh, Department of Financial Services, and we've worked with them on a couple of things that we're trying to scale back reporting and scale back some of the um, – the tendencies and the and the the amount of uh, time between exams, you know, extending that yeah. out so it helps the community bank. So we're working on a few things like that. And I just think at the end of the day, the regulatory agencies need to do their job, but they keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper. Yep. And the more technology, more data you have, the deeper they're going to dig. That's yeah, right. Yeah, and that's just not just in banking. I mean, we're dealing with that. We own we, we own the broker dealer now. We have a, a couple of different RIAs, and you know, so we've got to deal with the same regulatory stuff. And what they don't understand is that you know. When you're a small business and you're getting audited on an annual type of basis, you know, you're right. It takes a lot of resources. And I, I just had this conversation with a regulator recently. And I'm like, you're welcome, you know, to come into our home office. That's, you know, we're, we, we've not gotten anything that's been anything other than like a minor, you forgot to dot this I type of thing. They've all been very minor type of things. But I said, you know, every single hour that we have to try to fulfill your document request is an hour less that we're supervising our advisors. Every hour that we have to fill a document request is an hour less that we're able to keep up with the regulations that you keep putting out there on almost a daily basis. You know, mm -hmm. every hour that we're fulfilling these document requests or, or dealing with whatever regulatory questions you have is, again, an hour less that we can grow our business, hire more people, or focus on our actual, you know, making sure we are following, you know, properly the rules and regs. And it is a, a, a resource issue, and I want to talk more about that when we come back on the other side of the break. If you want to join us, folks, we'll get to your calls and questions in a bit. 8030930 star 930 is a free call on a cell. We've got the uh, president of Lakeshore Savings Bank in studio, Dan Renega, as well as the uh, president of... Um, Ibanez, uh, John Witkowski, and A.J. Witkowski as well. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, welcome back. Last 28 minutes of the Financial Guys radio program here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Do not wait till the top of the hour, folks. We always seem to get like three or four calls, and I always feel bad leaving people. Uh, hanging on the line. I'll do the best that I can. But if you want to join us, uh, join soon. 803-0930. Star 930 is a free call in a cell. 1-800-616-9236. Uh, we're going to uh, check in with uh, our investment guy, Dave Mariocker, here in just a few minutes. But before we do, let's uh, let's go out to Gary in Williamsville, who's been very, very patiently waiting. Gary, you're live with the Financial Guys. How are you? Hey, guys. Good. Uh, I heard Governor Cuomo this week saying that he was uh, 2.3 or somewhere billion dollars in debt, 2.8. 2.8. Have a solution to the problem. Erie County has more governments than any other county in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. I think it's time for Erie County to step up and help the governor out and reduce the number of governments by half. We have over one thousand governments in erie county that's crazy to think about 
of 1,000 different governments. I mean, it's layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of bureaucracy in this state. You know, I've got a great idea across the entire state. Cut the budget in half, the whole mm -hmm. budget. Think about this. Florida's budget is right around 75, 70 to $75 billion for the entire state. They have more people in Florida. And for those that say, well, they don't have to do things like clear the roads. Well, they have things like hurricanes that, you know, only hit New York like once every 100 years, but hit Florida every once every five, it seems. So there's other issues that Florida, you know, Florida has to deal with. But, you know, they're half the budget. They have a, we have a, we're, he's proposing a $175 billion budget, which is $7 billion more than it was just a couple years ago. Because I've been telling people it's $168 billion, and now it's $175 billion. So we, we could literally cut $75 billion from our budget by slashing all this extra layers of bureaucracy and governments, and we would be better off for it and certainly no worse off for it. But that's where the power comes in. See, that's where, you know, people like uh, uh, polling cars can, uh, you know, appoint his, you know, cousins and uncles and buddies. And, and that's where they, you know, they, they can dole out the cash and sprinkle the money. You know, we just lost another business, 300 jobs from Ingersoll Rand that are going bye-bye. And polling cars is out there going, re and he just launches a re-election campaign. Like, hey, I'm doing a great job. Doing a great job. Sure you are, uh, polling cars. You're doing a wonderful job. You're doing a wonderful job scaring people and businesses out of western New York with your liberal progressive policies. You promised to come on this show, by the way, and debate those liberal progressive policies with Mike or I, you pick, and you have declined to, to do that. You've repeated requests and invitations to come on. Why? Because liberals can't defend these types of pro liberal progressive policies that bankrupt most other communities. They promise all the same thing. Look at, look at California. Now, Kamala Harris has thrown her hat in the ring, saying, I'm going to run. We want to make the rest of the country look like California. Well, let's take a look at California. California has had unchecked liberal policies for many, many years now. They've had an, uh, a, a Democrat governor and a Democrat, solidly Democrat legislator, there's no, uh, legislature. There's no check and balance in that state. It's all liberalism for whatever they want to do, right? And so what do we have? What are the results of that unchecked liberalism? The highest poverty rates in the country, the highest homeless rates in the country, the highest discrepancy or disparity between the rich and the poor in the country. I mean, about, almost every measure of economic failure, uh, California is at the top of the list, if they're not beaten by New York. Now, New York also has, Erie County especially, has similar uh, you know, liberal policies. What do we have? We, we have the you know, distinction of having Rochester and Buffalo be two out of the top five highest poverty for children in the entire country. That's disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful. And guess what? Throwing more money at the problem through government uh, you know, programs doesn't seem to be solving that problem. States like Tennessee, Texas, Florida, Nevada are all doing phenomenal. Why? Lower regulation, easier to get ahead in those states. And less handouts, by the way. Either you go out there and you get a job and you work, or you beg on the street corner. In New York, you don't have to beg in the street corner because you can earn an equivalent of forty to forty-five thousand dollars a year on welfare type of programs. So <clears throat> there's all sorts of ways to cut the budget. But will Como even look to cut? No, we'll look for other revenue. Another way to take money out of our pocket will be whether it be fees or surcharges or or whatever he can come up with. That's their that's their whole game plan. That's what they do. Uh, well, well, Glenn, this is Dan. I think cannabis is going to solve it all. 
Oh, that's, you know what? you're right, Dan. I've had go. 50 calls today or this week about that. I tell you what, New York will mess that up too. Well, my well you know, this is something that I've been uh, studying a little bit because, from a regulatory perspective, uh, it's yeah. a no-no for banks to bank anything that's cannabis-related. Now, the Farm Bill that was passed on uh, December 20th allows us to bank uh, anything that might be hemp-oriented. So, but uh, currently, it's against federal regulation for banks to to be involved with anything that is uh, marijuana-related. Now, take that to California. I was out there a couple weekends ago and actually toured a CDB uh, factory. Um, I know some of the folks that own it. I'm not invested in it because it would be illegal to do so, no but samples. it is permitted. Yeah, no samples, <laughs> nothing. They had lots of stuff hanging around in bags and lots of trim and radio. lots of buds. And, you know, but uh, it's fully permitted and uh, sanctioned, but yet uh, banks should not be taking the deposits. So I asked them, I said, so who are you banking with? And they mentioned a, a national bank. And I said, well, how does that work? And I said, I, they just kind of look the other way. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know? <laughs> wait a minute now. <laughs> how can you do Where's that? the regulation? Guess, you know, the regulators come in and take a look down uh, the, the food chain, and, you know, are they going to find the account or aren't they? It's fully licensed. It's sanctioned the whole nine yards. If you look at the industry, by 2022, it's going to be a $13.2 billion industry. Cannabis is going to be. And 330,000, it's estimated 330,000 full-time equivalents uh, for employees by 2022. And here's the the real big thing, because Canada and California are early entrants into the industry. It's estimated that they're going to capture 41% of that market share because of that. Combined? Combined. Combined. So if you look at if you look at California, one of the facts that I have here is they, uh, for the first three quarters of 2018, brought in approximately uh, $234 million, $234 million worth of uh, tax revenue. And so how do they do it? They bring them in. They say, okay, you've got, cost of good, uh, you've, you've got gross sales, cost of goods sold. You've got your uh, gross margin. And what's deductible expense after that? Not much. So you can't deduct your health care. You can't deduct, uh, I think you can deduct wages perhaps. But the bottom line is uh, you take it right on down and it's, uh, you know, it's a 70% tax equivalent on their net income. And that's what it's all about. It's, a, it's the cash grab. Yep. It's the cash grab. I tell you this, though, New York State, I mark my words, and I'm going to say this now and here, <laughs> they will create such a hostile regulatory environment for cannabis, that they will they will lag the rest of the country when it comes to anything uh, related to cannabis because they will they will regulate it to death. And you're already hearing that from people that are in that industry in this state saying it's really difficult to get anything going in this state because you've got to go through mountains and mountains and mountains of paperwork and bureaucracy and uh, and red tape. And that's that's typical New York, right? So that's right. You'll have other places yeah. that don't impose those type of regulations. Maybe Pennsylvania is a late ad. But if Pennsylvania comes on late, I guarantee you they will pull all of that business revenue and all of those small businesses out of New York State into their own. You're already yep. seeing the corruption going on with kickbacks and things like that. Wasn't it the uh, $400,000 in campaign donations where they, Governor Cuomo then actually funded the facility mm-hmm. after it was already built? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, You know, so the, there is a medicinal uh, – benefit to this, obviously. And I think that's very important because some folks have shown uh, really, really good progress by getting involved with the uh, extracts, if you will. But uh, when you look at the, the wild eye side of it, <laughs> it could be a challenge. And uh, it, I mean, just look at the little impact in uh, Erie County. I think there wasn't one municipality said they're going to have to uh, invest in $60,000 in new docks so they can't sniff cocaine <laughs> or uh, uh, marijuana anymore. They've already done that in Chautauqua County. 
the dogs wow. will no longer alert on uh, cannabis. Really? So yes. they have to do they retrain the dogs or they have to no. just get new dogs? No, new dogs, new dogs. Interesting. Yeah. I never yeah. thought about that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you think about it like, you know, the dog's finding the wrong thing, and now it's legal. Like, well, I guess you found it. But yeah. Does that no add to the unemployment? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? Exactly. Can Is they there not animal <laughs> unemployment? <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, those poor dogs are going to be out of a job. See that? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Exactly. It, it really is. And, I, you know, it, it's like anything. You know, there's always somebody who's going to push it to the end. Uh, we have a millennial advisory board at the bank, a non-binding millennial advisory board, and we do have an individual who's a, a, a medical marijuana, marijuana authority. And some of the stuff they're talking about is, is uh, very appropriate. They're crafting le- legislation in New York State. Uh, he's a Columbia grad, John. You will love that. Yeah, like so that. he does a great <laughs> job. <laughs> and uh, very interesting to see the whole process. He's been on TV locally uh, talking about the process in uh, Erie County. Well, so, I know yeah. DFS uh, from the Department of Financial Services in New York, they've, um, they've also looked at this very closely, and, and they're looking to build the regulations around it, knowing that it's going to happen. Yeah, and it's healthcare. I mean, the, the healthcare mm-hmm. side—you can't withhold medical yeah. treatment. So, but right. yet we can't bank them. And right. it, but I've run into this several times where I've been told by the feds, "Hey, you can't do this activity." Not that they were illegal or bad, but the operation chokehold—they uh, didn't want us to deal with money service businesses. And I had right. to go tell a customer of ours for 35 years that we could no longer bank them because they were cashing checks, even though they were certified, even though they were qualified, even though they went through the training, they did everything. They were literally uh, folks I've known for a long, long time in our community. But uh, the OCC said, if you don't shut them down, we're going to write an MRA, matters requiring attention. So, you know what, though? That operation yeah. chokehold a bunch of garbage. I mean, yeah. that, that, that is trying to regulate other industries and, and going around the legislative process That's to, right. uh, to strong arm, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be firearms. And I think that was really the, the, the primary target of Operation Chokehold, right? That was really meant to, you know, choke off uh, uh, gun dealers and uh, and licensed uh, uh, firearms dealers and, and gun shops and things like that and choke them off from the, uh, you know, from the, the banking system, which is really not right. I mean, if you want to regulate guns and gun shops and pass legislation to regulate guns and gun shops, don't do it through some backdoor, you know, sneaky, shady operation chokehold that threatens banks to to not do business with other people i mean that's that's mm-hmm. that's that's cool those are kind of russia kind of tactics yeah and, the, and just to, just, at all. just to follow up on that we're the we're federal charter so they told us no but then they went out and uh, that day opened up an account at a state charter bank and they were fine right right which is unfortunate. I think that's really unfair. And, and to be honest with you, when it comes to this whole, you know, cannabinoid or whether it's, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, people very excited about the, the medical possibilities. Obviously, hemp was used for years for rope and clothing and things like that. There's a lot of uses for it. But, I mean, I think we're at a point in the 21st century here between Washington, Colorado, uh, New York, Canada. I mean, at some point, you would think that the regulators at the federal level would say, we got some bigger issues to deal with, like the opioid crisis that's killing Americans every single day. Maybe we should focus on that and forget about focusing on, uh, you know, locking people up for, for marijuana charges and things like that. You would think they would just go to a, a federal level as opposed to this patchwork of state to state. And if you're federal charter, you're you can't touch it. But if you're state, you can. And that's, you know, it creates this really unfair and and. and network of laws you got to kind of navigate and it, it becomes very difficult i think hey glenn there's one more thing um this is john i wanted to make sure that uh, i said my piece on this because part of this is that these banks know their communities they know their people in their communities they know the businesses there. have been there for a long time at some point you got to let them make the decisions and if they make bad decisions then it's on them right. but mm-hmm. it, it's part of that, that they know the business they know their communities 
much better than the regulators do. And at some point, whether it's the cannabis or uh, firearms or any or money, sir, you know, uh, service MSPs, bank, yep. yeah, any of those, they, they know these people. And it's something that uh, should come into play uh, when they get uh, reviewed. Going yeah. back to what I said, yeah. referee, not the not change That's the right. game, That's be right. the referee. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They, they, not only do they not just want to be the referee, they want to be the quarterback on the team. That's the problem I have with the regulators. The regulators don't just want to come in and audit the banks or audit broker-dealers. Mm-hmm. If they could get their way, they would demand an office right in your building. I mean, they would want to sit right next to your office, Dan, so they can say they can watch every move. And, you know, these are people that have and oftentimes – and I don't mean to beat up on the banking regulators. Dan's probably going, oh, my God, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but to be in all seriousness, I mean, a lot of these folks, in our industry at least, they have never run a broker-dealer. They've never worked in that world. They, <laughs> they, you know, oftentimes they're just simply attorneys. You know, they, they don't have any experience in our industry whatsoever, and yet they're the ones that are, are looking over our shoulder and making the rules. Again, referee, good. You know, referee yep. coming in and making sure that you're abiding by the laws and the rules they put in place, absolutely okay with that. But when they start to cross the line and start to tell you how to run your business and who to do business with, you know, then I think they've gone a little bit too far, maybe mm-hmm. a lot too far. And unfortunately, I think you're seeing them do that, you know, oftentimes. Hey, well, Glenn, then, Glenn, I take offense to you saying that uh, about the quarterbacks. <laughs> Being a former quarterback, yeah, what was that, that team? Was it <laughs> Columbia? I know for sure. But was it Detroit or something? Detroit, yeah. Look out. <laughs> So, but, you know, just to speak to the regulatory environment, we're in the office of the comptroller currency. You know, on one side you're concerned, on the other side you're blessed. And uh, they'll come into our shop and do their uh, exam, and they bring with them the new hires because our environment is so clean and uh, well-managed and uh, just a, a great community bank. They say, look, this is how it should be done. So we take pride in that. So I uh, that adds to our regulatory burden. If I uh, remember the numbers from uh, 2017, we spent about uh, one – well, uh, Regulator was if it was one body in our office, they were there for one thousand four hundred and twenty-eight hours oh in twenty seventeen. <laughs> so it, you just have to deal with it. It's part of what we do, but it does take away from efficiency. It takes away from customer service, um, it from and it's important. It takes away from the yeah. business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's, uh, before we go to a break here, I want to slip in uh, Dave Mariocker, who'll probably want to weigh in on this conversation as well. Dave is one of our investment guys in the office. He manages our all cap stock portfolio, which is our number one uh, uh, performing uh, portfolio last year. But he's more on the growth side of the table and looking at some new technologies, looking at new uh, companies like Netflix, like Amazon, like Google, and uh, and like some of these cannabinoid type of companies as well. David, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Uh, hi, Glenn. Thank you. And hello to everybody in the office. I know you're hey, in Dave. the airport Go. and traveling, so I will, won't keep you too long, Dave, but we were just having a conversation about, you know, kind of the new industry when it comes to uh, cannabis, and so I know that you've been kind of up and, uh, and looking at some of these stocks, and I, I thought you might want to weigh in. Well, I'll tell you what, Glenn, you know, you're right. Uh, early on with the company that we own in our portfolio, uh, Canopy Growth Corporation, which I follow also Constellation Brands, I've always wanted to mm-hmm. own Constellation Brands, but... Uh, one of the most wonderful things happened, Constellations Brands bought into a, uh, about 40% of Canopy Growth Corporation, which is based out of Canada. So really, it's the best of all worlds. We got somewhat of a speculation stock in, in the Canopy Growth Corporation, but I think it's the leading company. And then, and then we have Constellation Brands, Rob Sands is the CEO, uh, made the decision to uh, put billions of dollars into uh, Canopy Growth. So. That's in our portfolio, full and fair disclosure, and some of our advisors own it as well. So we were, we were. That was like hitting a triple. 
you know, some of the difficult things that we have to deal with is, you know, when you when a lot of our investors want to buy these types of stocks, right? And so, you know, we can do it, you know, either in a, in a broker's type account. Oftentimes, we would prefer to do it on a fee-based discretionary account like Dave manages. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, you can't buy these stocks, just like you guys are dealing with on the federal level for banking regulations. They say you can't do business with these companies. We have the same issues when it comes to our clearing firms, whether it be you know, Charles Schwab or Fidelity or, uh, or TD Ameritrade or Raymond James. We clear through all four of those entities, and some are better than others, but a lot of them, especially Ray J., uh, Raymond James is very conservative, and oftentimes, you know, they don't want those stocks on their books at all. Yeah, that's uh, that's well. In this case, it's an ADR based out of Canada, so uh, it worked out well. Now I had to wait because it wasn't even listed, you know, on the the uh, U.S. markets. So I would have gotten it sooner, but it was only uh, available in Canada. But then it uh, it listed early last year, and uh, we jumped on it. That was good. So, but I, I also wanted to mention, uh, Glenn. The major metrics move, that moves the markets really have become stable, other than the FOMC, really, which was a shock, which we talked about last week. To me, it was shocking because uh, Jerome Powell came out and said, hey, look, we're going to back off on the interest rate. So that really helps stabilize the market move, but it's going to help stabilize the stock prices. P.E. ratios are down. Over, overseas uh, world markets, P.E. ratios are down. Um, it, it, it set itself up. Uh, the, the the year is setting itself up for hopefully kind of a boring year, which you never short a, a dull market, and hopefully it'll finish that way. And that's the earnings as well have come through about sixty percent to seventy percent to the upside. There's been some disappointments in companies like uh, a, a huge merger, Dupont and uh, Dow merged, and and that was really shocking to see them. Uh, drop like they did, but they're going to break. This is this is a company that I would look at as well. Is they're going to break this company into three parts, and it's about a hundred and twenty billion dollar company. But those are the kind of things that are going on right now, and so it's it's exciting. I, I'm 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 more uh, optimistic on the year, not not overly, just cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I would agree. I think the Fed's a big deal. You know, they the the media's been trying to do. Take shots at Trump and really trying to blame a lot of this on the uh, the Chinese tariffs. To be honest with you, uh, and we've said this as long, you know far back as October, November, uh, the the biggest issue is the Fed. And you know once you saw the Fed start to back off, you, you saw the VIX come down, the volatility index come down, and the, and the market stabilize. And I think you know that's that's uh, you know a testament to to really the Fed's impact and, and and the the negative impact they were having by being as aggressive as they were. So, thanks for the uh, thanks for ch chiming in, Dave. We appreciate it and uh, safe travels wherever you're going. That's Dave Mariocker. He's one of our investment guys in the office. He manages our all cap growth portfolio. If you'd like to talk to Dave or any of our investment professionals, you can give us a call at the office six three three one five one five again six three three fifteen fifteen. All right, we're going to take a very short break, last break, and come back with uh, final calls and questions. We want to I want to touch base on your uh, your mortgage. Uh, department as well and, and some of the things that you guys are doing over at Lakeshore Savings Bank and uh, any final comments that we have. If you want to join the conversation, we do have a few minutes left for maybe one or two more phone calls. 803-0930. Star 930 is a free call in a cell and you can also uh, text us at 3930. We, uh, you're listening to the Financial Guys. We have uh, Dan Renega, the president of Lakeshore Savings Bank, and John Wikowski along with A.J. Wikowski. John is the president of uh, Ibanez, which is the Independent Bankers Association of New York. Stay tuned. You've got the financial guys. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. <laughs>
All right, welcome back. We've got the financial guys. About five minutes left in today's program. If you don't get a chance to ask your question or if you'd like additional information on anything that we do, uh, visit our website at financialguys.com. You can ask us a question through there. You can sign up for our uh, TFG Academy. We've got workshops going on in our office at 305 Spindrift, the financial guys headquarters, uh, just about every week. Uh, one of the next seminars we actually have coming up uh, is going to be uh, February 19th at 6 p.m., at our offices on Spindrift, and that's going to be our Social Security Claiming Strategies Workshop with Mike Hayflick and Ron Reinstein. Uh, knowing the certain strategies that might apply to you uh, could mean the difference between tens of thousands of dollars of income in retirement. So make sure that you get the most out of Social Security. You paid into it. It's your money. You certainly want to uh, spend a little bit of time learning about the options that you have it's, uh, it's definitely worth the hour and probably a follow-up consultation as well. Uh, it can be the difference literally between tens of thousands of dollars of income when you retire. If you'd like to sign up for that workshop February 19th uh, with our Social Security Claiming Strategist, Mike Hayflick and Ron Reinstein at 6 p.m., you can call our offices at 633-1515, again, 633-1515, or sign up right through our website at thefinancialguys.com. And one more thing, Glenn, the uh, Hobnob, the networking event that we have, the networking group, where you know we try and connect uh, connect great people with great opportunities. Also, on February twentieth at Thin Man Brewery at six. Perfect. So the uh, Hop Knob event as well. By the way, and, and that's a, gr a great thing you're doing, AJ. You know, when I was a young professional getting into the business, you know, I was involved in a lot of different things. Uh, you know, the Buffalo Niagara Partnership Government Affairs Committee. Uh, certainly, uh, the, was it the uh, oh one of the the networking groups? I can't the BNE or something like that. A number of mm -hmm. different organizations and. I still have a lot of those great connections today, you know, great professionals that are attorneys and accountants and, you know, even uh, health insurance and other professionals in the industry uh, that we still work with, you know, even things like car dealers. So <laughs> it's definitely worth, you know, if you're a young professional, building those relationships, you know, no matter what business you're in, you know, this is the relationship world. And uh, if you can build a good relationship with a good foundation uh, like an AJ to, uh, to put things together, I would definitely encourage you if you are a, uh, a younger professional, you can uh, sign up for that event at our uh, office by calling 633-1515. That will be February 20th. So thank you for plugging it, AJ. Appreciate it. All right, gentlemen, we have a few minutes left, uh, just about three minutes left in today's show. I wanted to make sure that we got in every any last things that you wanted to plug. And I know, Dan, you want to talk a bit about uh, some of the mortgage and investment stuff that you guys are doing over at uh, Lakeshore Savings. Well, thanks, Glenn. You know, we, we do have a great community approach to everything we do. And as an example, uh, some of the rates that we have with our CDs are absolutely outstanding. We offer a 2.5% 11-month CD with an LS checking account, 3.15% uh, on a 30-month CD. Uh, rates are just a little bit lower if you don't have a LS checking account there. And 2% money market account, so some great rates there. On the mortgage side and uh, lending side, we have a 3.5% introductory rate to our home equity line of credit. That's good for one year. That's a great rate. And uh, some of the other stuff that we do, we have a value-added product, which is unlike um, anything offered in the marketplace, and that's if you have a home and you want to add on to it, uh, we'll take a look at the plans, develop the value with the certified appraiser, and lend up to 80% of the completed value. So you can really get a great uh, value out of that if you want to expand and grow uh, your home uh, with an addition or major renovation. So kind of neat stuff that's going on there, and it's just really a pleasure to be able to serve and give the community uh, what they need to accomplish their financial dreams. And, of course, with the financial guys uh, and uh, further uh, investment advice, uh, it's going to be win-win-win across the board. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to building relationships with you guys going forward. And, 
there's some great rates there. I mean, if you're looking for a fixed rate, I mean, certainly a 2% money market. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't beat Keeping that. Keeping up with <laughs> yeah, somewhat so of inflation, that's already yeah. half the battle. Yeah, and we're, uh, we're 465 on a 30, which is great. And, of course, that's rates awesome. are up and down and all around on that as well. But uh, And then electronic, that's the other thing. Electronically, we believe that we want you to be able to bank at your kitchen table. So we have all the electronic stuff you could possibly imagine, and uh, that goes for uh, on the commercial side as well. Uh, we have great electronic apps. Uh, we have one that's really neat. It's called the LSI Save app, and that's Living Local. And we can feature any business, whether they're a customer of the bank or not, with uh, proximity coupons. And you can drive through a community and find out who's participating. And it also works on a national basis. It has cell phone protection, uh, life uh, insurance on it, and also roadside assistance. So some some pretty cool stuff going on at Lakeshore Savings Bank. Go to lakeshoresavings.com. How's that for the commercial? <laughs> you nailed it. I love it. we got about 30 seconds All right. left. So thank you so much, thank guys. You. I really do appreciate it. Dan Renega from uh, President of Lakeshore Savings Bank. Go to lakeshoresavings.com for more information. Or you can call our office as well. We can certainly pass you on. John Witkowski, thank you for joining us as well. And uh, AJ, is always a pleasure, and thank you for joining me for the entire show. Thanks, if you need us throughout the week, folks, uh, use us as a resource. Again, call us at the office, 633-1515. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FinGuys. Like us on Facebook. We also have an Instagram page. All of that information you can find on our website at financialguys.com. That's going to do it for us. On behalf of Mike Lomas, I'm Glenn Wiggle. On behalf of AJ Witkowski as well, thank you to our guests. We are the Financial Guys. We'll see you next week right here on News Radio 930 WBEN. 